finally. Oh it's my! Finally Jesus. happened. <laughs> Took a long time. A way too fucking long, man. We've been talking about this for Allo? before Christmas. Been a long time. Been a while. Been a while. In case you didn't know, Bryce Harper signed. But we'll get to that. I'm Steve Artabello. I'm Angela Lippa. And this is the Last Word Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere where quality podcasts are found. And even some of the not-so-quality podcasts will be there to, to raise the bar. Set the standard. So, you know, hit that like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Maybe leave a five-star rating. But, on to the news. It finally happened. Oh. Bryce Harper has a team in 2019. And it's the team that, for the last little while, we've been talking about. We're going to spend stupid amounts of money. Stupid. S- team stupid money. <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies signed Bryce Harper to a 13-year, $330 million contract, which breaks the record formerly held by now New York Na- Yankee, Giancarlo Stanton, and he signed a 13-year, $325 million contract, which was the largest in all of professional sports, and Bryce has broken that record, except it's on an AAV. It's for 13 years. There's a lot of people that make more money than Bryce Harper, including Manny Machado, and the recently signed Nolan Arenado, which talked about last podcast. He's getting $330 million for 13 years. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, Scott Boris screwed this up because he's still getting $330 million. Getting a ton. He's locked up. Long term. When people are afraid of long term contracts, he's got 13 years. Bryce Harper's going to be 39, 40 years old when this contract expires. He will retire a Philly, I guess. I would, I would hope so at that point. Although at $25 million a year, just over... That's not untradeable. We'll trade you Aaron Hicks for him. No, I'm kidding. Mm. I'm kidding. Aaron, I'm Aaron kidding. Hicks is signed for half that amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of ridiculous as well. Yeah. But this is a weird contract because we all expected Bryce to set the bar. And he did, technically. He did technically sign the largest contract in professional sports history. Mm-hmm. But we all also expected him to set the bar AAV wise. Yes. Which is where this gets interesting. Because technically, the Nationals offered him 10 years, 300 million. Mm-hmm. Now, again, those extra three years, he's not going to be making anywhere near that. Like, I get where that, I get why you would do that essentially. Yeah. Right? Like it's the 13 years guaranteed. And oh, by the way, $25 million is, you know, a kind of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's just we've been hearing about Bryce Harper's free agency for so long that it does kind of feel like a letdown that he didn't get that. Because there was talk at one point, so it was 10 years, $300 million is going to happen. But people were talking about 10 years, $400 million, like it wasn't out of the question. Yeah. And you mentioned about the Phillies, uh, sorry, not the Phillies, the uh, Nationals. And how they offered him a $300 million contract mm-hmm. in 10 years. The only issue with that contract was that there was a lot of deferred money. Which is a good and a bad thing. A good thing is you still have money coming in once you've retired. But a bad thing is if you are a savvy investor, <laughs> you would like to have as much of it up front as possible to invest in things. 
to make more money on your money. Yes. And again, if you're rich enough, you can find some people. Like You might not be the smartest financially, but you can find some people <laughs> that will take care of your money. You might also find some people that are going to take large chunks of your money, as we've seen in, unfortunately, various times with various professional athletes. But it makes sense why an athlete would want the money up front, but it also makes sense why some of them, and it's funny because this is Scott Boris thing that he's known for with the deferred payments. It's just, again, trying to wrap my head around this entire contract. It's it's massive. It's a win for the, it's weird because it's a win for the Phillies and it's a win for Bryce Harper. Which I didn't think was going to be possible when you were going to say that a team signing someone to 13 years, $330 million was going to be a win for them. But considering the AAV at 25, as Bryce said in his uh, press conference, means they're going to have some money when a certain someone comes off the book in two years. Certain fan of some Philadelphia, Philadelphia sports teams. If you would. A and man he- who is very present at Philadelphia Eagles games. Mm-hmm. Not so much Phillies games because, well, how would that yeah, That would be a conf- conflict of interest. Yeah. Maybe some 76ers game. Once you, oh, they, they sent him. Did, did you yeah. not see? They sent him a jersey. He was wearing it to start oh, the season this year. Oh, no. I think he was at the game to start oh, the season this year. But what this does for the Phillies, I think, is it opens the opportunity that in, what was it, one year? Two years? When Bryce Short is officially a free agent? Oh, it's this season and next season? Yeah. It's the th- so it's after two seasons, mm-hmm. he, Mike Trout will be able if he doesn't sign an extension to test free agency. Yes, and you want to know who might get ten years, four hundred million dollars, even though he'll be twenty nine at the time he signs that deal. Mm-hmm. One Michael Nelson Trout. I love how you always find the middle names. It's, gr- it's great. It just works for everything. <laughs> I'm telling you. And realistically, he'd be a nice piece on this team. He'd be a nice piece on any Any team team. because he's the best player in baseball. And like the path he's on, which is weird because it's baseball and it's been around for so long, so it's hard to say this, but he's on pace to be, if not the one of the top three greatest players to ever Mm. play this sport. Special best player. And he might get a chance to go home. Hmm. Well, as close to home as he can be, because he's from Jersey, but he's more but he's more on the Philly side than he is the New York side. Never makes any sense. Right? <laughs> Philly and Jersey mm. makes no sense to me. No. Because uh, if you're a Leafs fan, you remember that James Van Riemsdyk grew up in New Jersey. A diehard Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah. It's just a thing with Philly and Jersey and like uh, maybe they don't I guess it's like the, the hate. Devils? Oh, there's no. probably a bit of a hate for the yeah, that's even weirder because they have a hockey team. Yeah, they have a hockey team. And he team. was a Flyers fan. And, and that makes even more... And technically the Jets are New Jersey's team. Well, MetLife is out there. Yeah, and MetLife, MetLife uh, Meadowlands was out there for so long. So it's it's very weird. But if Mike Trout does come decide after you know the next two seasons that he wants to go home, that outfield with him in center... Oh, and God. Bryce in right. And then that one-two punch in the lineup. You know who would be in the last year of his contract? Who would be playing left field? Andrew McCutcheon. Because mm-hmm. I think the original plan was to stick Cutchin right. Now, obviously. Well, like if they weren't going to sign Bryce, Cutch had played right. Yeah. 
Uh, more often than he had played left. He played a bit of left with the Yankees, but he was yeah. essentially a right fielder with mm-hmm. the uh, Giants after... Well, he was a right fielder with the Pirates before Starlin Marte's steroid suspension yeah. forced him back into center field. And then with the Giants, he was playing in right mm-hmm. until they had a ton of injuries and then he was in center again. Yeah. But yeah, that seemed like it was the... That was kind of the plan, but you always knew that the Phillies were looking at Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. And again... The contract's weird, but it, it's a win for both. Yeah. And but now the fit, the, the fit is perfect. Because we were talking about this when we were doing our division preview. They've made some trades. Mm-hmm. You had Gene Segura. Yep. Very nice top-of-the-order guy. Could mm-hmm. be a leadoff guy, but they already have someone like Cesar Hernandez. Yep. JT Real Muto. Might be... One of, if not the best catcher, if you take into consideration offense and defense in the mm-hmm. major leagues right now, controllable for two years. He also happens to be up when a Mike Trout happens to be up. So if you need to free up a little bit of money, um, but that's another excellent hitter. Reese Hoskins. Good bad behind Bryce Harper or in front, depending on well, the best part is, isn't McCutcheon who we've talked about. These are all right-handed bats. Mm-hmm. Caesar Hernandez is a switch hitter, but you could put Caesar at the top of the lineup. You could put a couple of a couple of righties. You could maybe mm-hmm. go Segura, then Kutch. Then you throw the lefty in Bryce. Then you got the power behind him, the righty Reese. Oh, you have Odubel Herrera, who's a lefty. Like the fact that he's a left-handed bat, aside from the fact that he's Bryce Harper and unfreaking believable offensively, fits them perfectly. But the fact that they got a, a right fielder who's a left-handed bat. That can hit right at the top of their order and can do all the things that got Bryce Harper 13 years, $330 million. This looks like one of the scariest offenses in baseball. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that has to bat their pitcher, and it doesn't matter because one through eight, they're deadly. Very, very dangerous. And with Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta as your one two punch. And the talk that Team Stupid Money isn't done spending and mm. Dallas Keuchel might be out there. Yeah, well... Well, he yeah. is out there, but might be on their radar. Yeah. And that's what I was just getting to. I'm like, if you have if you add Dallas Keuchel to this rotation, now it kind of puts people further down the, you know... Knocks the, a couple guys down. Yeah. So Nola's still like, your ace, but maybe Ariette is your three at that yeah. point. And Vincent Velasquez, he didn't have... And he's always uh, hurt, but he's he's yeah. he's a nice piece, but he's always hurt, so you can only really count on about mm-hmm. 130 innings out of him. Yeah, and you got Nick Pavetta. He was a 500 pitcher last year, but you know an ERA of 4.14. A lot of strikeouts. He's got a lot of yeah. potential. Good and, Canadian boy. Yeah. And Zach Eflin. I mean, he's okay. He's okay, but you know. But if you, the thing is that if you add Dallas Keuchel now, who is big left hand arm. In those parks, in that division, you could be looking at a 101 team now. And even without Dallas Keuchel, the way that he fits into that team Mm -hmm. basically just solidifies the offense. Yeah. And we talked about their bullpen. It was a lot of young kids Mm -hmm. getting called up last year. Mm -hmm. Dubri Romero's, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who was their closer. But then they went out and signed David Robertson. Yeah. So they're sprinkling in veterans in with their youth. Usually teams make a bunch of free agent signings, makes a bunch of trades in the offseason, and mm-hmm. you, you go into it and you, you get really excited. The, the Blue Jays did this. Yeah. In 20, was it 13 when they traded for all the Marlins and R.A. Oh, Dickey? R.A. Dickey, Josh Johnson. 
Burley, Burley and Jose Dolph Reyes. Reyes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Don't forget Emilio Bonifacio. That was a thing. Emilio. Yeah. But like we've seen, we've seen teams do this kind of thing, like have these huge off seasons and everyone gets excited. But the main thing is, is most of these guys are in their prime. Jake Arrieta isn't, mm-hmm. but Bryce Harper certainly is. Yeah. Gene Segura certainly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Realmuto is the same age. I think he's actually a year older than Bryce Harper. Like, th- McCutcheon might be, you know, he's exited his prime. Yeah. He's, he's, he's declining, but he's declining gracefully because mm-hmm. he's a high on base guy. Yeah. The way that they've managed to pepper in, so you got some youth, you got some guys right in their prime, and you got some guys just outside their prime, but close enough mm-hmm. that they're still going to be very productive. Makes this Phillies team really yeah. dangerous. And then if you look at the division they play in, the Braves well, are good. Braves are good. We think. Good young team, but, you know. The Mets? What the hell are the Mets? They're probably the second worst team in the division because you play in a division with the Miami Marlins. Exactly. Who, again, you just that's all we need to really say about Miami is yeah. they're awful. As we refer to them in, the, uh, in our NL East preview of... <laughs> Yeah, they're going to suck. Yeah, they're going to suck. Okay. They're dead last. They're dead last. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Bryce's old team, which is another interesting part of this is that he stayed in the division. That's like, well, it's funny because this is going to transition nicely into our next segment that we're going to talk about a certain player who left the team he sort of helped because Bryce Harper did turn around the Nationals. Okay. They were just a fledgling franchise that moved from Montreal. And now you have this where, you know, he's gone within the division. And, you know, Philly is a rough town to play in. Don't get me wrong. And I'm interested to see how Bryce handles the the Philly antics because they boo. They got no problem booing you. They will boo you mercifully. They booed Santa Claus, okay? Jolly old Saint Nick. Michael Irvin was basically paralyzed in the field and they booed him. Yeah. They will, they will, they will boo. They didn't just boot Santa Claus. They threw snowballs at Santa. Yeah, they're mean. They are mean people. I love Philadelphia. Don't even wrong. They make a great cheesesteak. Oh, fire! But, fire! But how Bryce Harper handles when he goes into those slumps where he's mm-hmm. barely batting his his hair weight. Never mind his weight, his <laughs> hair's weight. Because guess what? If you have Bryce Harper in fantasy, you know he goes through these little streaks where he's the worst. He looks like he looks like a shell of a player. Ups and downs of season. Trust me, I get it. But it's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. It's, you know, but you know, you, you spoke of another return and return. If you haven't heard this, oh, I'm just going to do you a favor. For nine years, you were part of the New York Islanders, and many of those years, you were the captain. You were seen as the face of the franchise, the savior. You were the chosen one. We looked up to you. Kids looked up to you. You were not just only the Islanders captain. You were the fans captain too. Okay, every time it gets me every time. Looks like it was just all an act. <laughs> that one Do too. you remember saying that you loved Long Island? Uh, I've always stayed at home and tried to love it here. Do you remember saying how great players stay oh, with the their team their whole careers right. and how you wanted to do the same? This is uh, obviously where I, I hope to be and uh, I've always stated that. You went from being <laughs> the captain, the savior, the this chosen is the best part. one. To a lying traitor, snake, pajama, pajama boy. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> oh my god! No. For all you who might not have actually heard this before, if this is your first time hearing this, you're welcome. 
Oh, you are. In Long Island, where John Tavares used to play. Long Island News. Let's see. She's News 12. This is an actual thing. This is like serious. We're not news. lying. This, this is, I, is real. I this thought is, it was a th- thing. Yeah, Ange thought I was screwing with him yeah. until I showed him this shit. This is a real cable news. And they did a piece on John Tavares' return called, now this is the best part, Dear John. That's just like, really? 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 Who's John? Really? Who's John? And they got people to come out here. Like, this is a disgrace. The booing and the chanting. We're going to get to that in a second. That was actually awesome. I'm a Leaf fan, okay? I'm a card-carrying Leaf fan, and I thought that was awesome. But that... Like, this is a video, so if you want to check it out, like, you can go check this out. Dear John, Dear John Tavares, type that into Google. You can find this thing. News 12. This was a video. These people got in front of a TV and let this be recorded and passed around. Like, you, you want to talk about, like, you lied and you're a traitor and you're an idiot. <laughs> Is nobody embarrassed? Is there going to be a Bryce Harper like one like oh this? Oh my! A dear Bryce, dear Bryce. It was actually funny. A buddy of mine sent me is a screenshot one year apart of um, last spring training. A writer saying that even at five hundred million dollars, the Nats would be getting a bargain in Bryce Harper, and now saying that um, the same writer in the same publication is the Post. I think it's the Washington Post. A buddy of mine sent me the screenshot. I think I know who you're talking about. And then the next article, one year, and it's almost to the day. Like, they're dead close. It's in the same, it's both in March. Why Bryce Harper will never even be worth the, the money that he was just paid. So, like, what? Really? Really? You guys, like, no, she's crying. So no shame. So, like, there's an older man here who's crying. The John Tavares left. You know what the best part is, though? Neil Greenberg. Neil Green. That's it. You know what the best part is, though? The Islanders are in first place in the Metro. But we don't need you. What is happening? And they're crying. Like, what? Buddy. Welcome. Welcome to the 20... 20- First century. Welcome to 2019. It's Mondays. It's a Monday today, so it's March the 4th. A little early for the podcast. Wow. Um, I wow. had I had a lot. Like, one, look. I still can't believe this is real. It's. <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me, okay? Cause Steve, and if, you, if you're just <laughs> listening to this in the podcast and you've never seen this before, I know how fake that sounds. Yeah. And this I, is a real thing. And I thought Steven was fucking with me. I really did. I thought he was fucking with me. I thought, nah, this is... I, and this was news! And it, like actual TV. Like a girl painted her lips blue and orange. The colors of the of the, the Shit Islanders. Shit Islanders lipstick. Like and look, one, you're in first place. Okay. Let's pump the brakes. You do have Barry Trotz as your head coach. Got Lou. Got Lou. You've made some moves. You know, you have a young guy in, in Barzell who has taken that step. Maybe a little bit of a decrease from last year where he was going. But now he's the it. number one center instead of the number two. So we talked yeah. about this. This was probably going to happen. Yeah. And it's exa- but it still looks like a superstar yeah. in the making. Exactly. So will there be a dear Matt one in eight <laughs> fucking years? Like, like I get it. Like, does, does the boy from uh, from BC go home and they have another one of these? Yeah. Like, well, pff, 
at that point, Ooh. Elias well, Patterson invo- will be in his prime. But that would also involve him like willingly playing for the Canucks. Yeah. And I know he's and, from there, but like, does anyone does really? really want to play for the Canucks? Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. But one, I'm going to start with the butt hurt Leaf fans. Yeah, because we got to address that too. Okay. We do have to address because that. Because there are some Leaf fans... And uh, actually, let's get to the game first. We're and then get we'll, to the game. What, what the what that led to? That the because Le- I will say this again as a card carrying Leaf fan. I've been a you Leaf wanted fan to my smash the fucking life. Islanders. You wanted oh, nothing more. You I wanted, know what? The, I wanted the score to be reversed. I wanted the Leafs to walk in there, yeah. pound them six one. JT to skate around and basically do the fucking suck it. But it didn't happen. No, and the Leafs got fed their lunch. Yes. And Leafs fans actually were upset at the boot. Like there was a two, there was two parts. There were two Leaf fans that showed up that day. There were the Leaf fans earlier on in the day that a certain two three letter network posted. How do you think John Tavares is going to do in his return? It's like, and you got one player from the Toronto Maple Leafs saying he's going to score a hat trick. Like stay off social media. I don't even remember that. Nazem Kadri. Oh, stay off social media. Yeah. Okay. If you want a, a cue to stay off social media, just go look Most at my probably. friend, Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> <laughs> go look at him. Mr. Big Chest. Yes. Who do you think you are, Mr. Big Chest? Yes. Enjoy Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> we think. We think. Um, but there was a lot of hype surrounding this game because it's it's a return. It's, it's something we haven't seen in a very, very long time because how many times has a – Free agent of the caliber of John Tavares, a true number one, true center. number one center, true talent in the NHL, true top hunt, two, uh, top fifty player in the NHL, become a free agent and get to test the waters, and then go sign in his hometown. hometown. That never fucking happens. Okay, can you? T- can, I, I honestly can't. The closest thing to it would be when Parise and Sutter signed those matching seven uh, seven million dollar deals in Minnesota. Yeah. And that would be the closest because Parise was a, a former forty goal scorer mm-hmm. on the wing. Yeah, and Ryan Suter. Su- Ryan Suter was a, like a stud number one defenseman. Yeah, at the like when he was leaving uh, Nashville, mm-hmm. he like everyone was like Suter and Weber, Suter and Weber, and they did play like thirty minutes a game. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. That's the closest thing I can think of. Yeah. But since then, really nothing. Stamco- we got we got close with it a couple of years ago with Stam- yeah. Stamkos, and then he chose to stay. And he chose to stay, rightfully so. I'm a Leaf fan. I'd even say, like, you did. he took $8.5 million tax-free to live and to, to go to work in flip-flops. In and shorts. where no one knows your name. Yeah. Uh, they know his name a little bit. A little bit. But if they were losing, nobody would give a crap. Just go Tampa. to the beach and you'd be fine. Yeah, you can sit on the beach. No one's going to know. You'd be another There'd pasty be white one, guy in Tampa Bay. One fan would walk up, oh, yeah. my God, you're Steven Stamkos. Can I hear your autograph picture? Yeah. Okay, cool. Exactly. Nobody else would care. No. But... This was the first time. So there's obviously going to be a fan base that's a little fucking upset that a certain player who was a franchise player decided to take his bags and go somewhere else. Uh, yeah. That happens all the time. Hey, hey, Toronto. I know it was a little bit of a different circumstance. Do you remember Vince Carter? Do you remember mercilessly booing him for years? Because I did. Like I, I, I can, I, Carter, there was I, there was a part of me that was designed to now hate Vince Carter, and now I love Vince Carter. Yeah, it's, it started to like warming up a little yeah. bit. Like I still think Demar's jersey goes before his. 
But again, yeah. like I've warmed up, and like Vince quit on the goddamn team. Yeah, like there was there was there was more reason to hate Vince than there is for John Tavares. But Haley's fans, say in five seasons, six seasons actually, because he's still on his rookie deal in this one. Austin Matthews says all year that he wants to be here, but he doesn't sign his contract, and then signs an eight-year deal with Arizona, seven year. Seven years. That's right, because he wouldn't be able to sign eight. Yeah. And after the CBA, because there's going to be a strike anyways, probably wouldn't even be that long anyways. Mm-hmm. But blow up that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, blow up that bridge. <laughs> he would be booed mercilessly. Yeah. His jersey would be burnt. Especially if there was no... There'd be tons, like... If the only banner that was raised for the Leafs was a President's Trophy one. Or a division title. Yeah, well, not the, one. The Islanders didn't even get that. They got they got into the playoffs that yeah. one time, but uh, twice. Yeah, they got out of the first round one time. Yeah, they did the Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I get it. People don't seem to understand why they're angry. I, okay, Lee fans going to the extent. Okay, look. All right, there were chance. Like, okay, fine. They threw. I thought the snakes was fucking yeah, awesome. Don't throw that, stuff. Don't throw stuff at players. Don't throw stuff at players. Snake signs. There was actually one a, a, the, like a, the, a guy that had like Tavares's head with a, it. Looked I, like it was inside of a snake. Yeah. Like the signs. Those are fire. Yeah. Those are great. Don't throw stuff at players. Yeah. Leave I know a jersey's not. It's it's not gonna hurt them. And and the snakes are like little plastic. You don't throw stuff at players. I because a little. You I, might I, have I, you might have some dude get liquored up and throw like a can of beer. See, like, and that's that's this, where the that's that's where the throwing thing. Like comes you could like, dangle the things. snake over his head exactly. as he walked out of the uh, tunnel. You want, you want to roll it up and down against the on the, on the glass. Yeah. There's so much. I'm with do. it. I am with it. But people getting upset with the the mer- like okay. The chants were the chance, awesome. The chants were awesome. Okay, these were some of the chants. We don't need you. JT, and it's not our favorite player. Um, that's our captain when Andres Lee scored to make it 2-1. You're a liar. They're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Barzi's better. That was great. That was great. Um, who's your the, the synonymous was, New York chant? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Oh, Ask Pedro about the "Who's Your Daddy" fucking chance, okay? You really want to ask Pedro All about right. those? And um, you re- please don't trade me. <laughs> please don't trade me. Uh, past your bedtime. That was great. Where's your jammies? Excellent. And excellent. And, by the way. And then to end the night off, a good old na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. You, like if you're a Leaf fan and you don't think that's funny, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? Like. People like, were like, like, where's your jammies is an all-time it's, one. It's a great one. That New is York, amazing. The New York crowd, okay, if anybody's ever watched Monday Night Raw after a WrestleMania <laughs> when they're in New York, the fucking chants are amazing. They're like, sp- they'll chant anything. They chant the ring announcer. They'll chant the fucking sign guy. They'll chant anything. And they were creative with their chants. And they were good. And hey, they, and you know what? Let, and they let John Tavares hear it. And I would too. You're a paying fan. When you pay to sit in a seat, you can voice whatever you do. Guess what, Leaf fans? You do it too once in a while. Hey, do you remember Jake Gardner? Well, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up specifically because I got angry because you can boo the opposition. I don't like it when a player from the home team gets booed on home ice because like, he's playing for your team. Yeah. You should at least hope. Granted, there are dumb things that players do, but you should at least hope that they're going to be good and not try to destroy them. They're on your team. I've realized something in the NHL, that every player makes mistakes. No player is perfect in this game. Okay? 
if there was a perfect game, we can't find it. It's impossible to have a perfect game because if there's no goals scored, guess what? The go- the players didn't do their job. If there's tons of goals scored, the goalies didn't do their job. Ex- so there is not a perfect game. What separates the really great players from your medium players to your really bottom fourth-line players to your guys in the NHL is the mistakes they make. Some guys make more mistakes than the other. Yes, sometimes it sucks. But remember, you could have worse. You could have Carl Olsner as your defenseman. And for the the Leafs fan base that had to watch a lot of Matt Hunwick and Roman Pol- Do you want that back? We'll give it to you. No. His name's Carl Olsner. It's fine. You, you sure? keep him. Yes. He's great. Yes. We'll take Marinson. No. You sure? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, but I can't, we can't afford him. No. <laughs> you sure? We'll, we'll wave we'll- Marty Marinson. You can have him. Oh, <laughs> Okay, but, please take him away from Mike Babcock. I need to stop seeing. Actually, that's a lie. The Islanders game, he was embarrassingly bad, and then the last game, actually, he looked okay. Yeah, eh, maybe. And I've, I've a, seen enough of Marty Marinci. So after that Islanders I'm, game, I was I'm, ready. To, I'm sure on the Leafs getting fed their lunch, there was a lot of pressure. Because look, I don't oh, care yeah. what anybody says. You feel that pressure a little bit because you want to perform because you want to make your 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 teammates welcome. First game back that you know is going to be ruthless and it's going to be in his ear all game. That you want to make it as easy as possible. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, at least didn't have a good game. They got fed their lunch. The Islanders kicked the shit out of them. It happens. That happens in the NHL. Teams beat up, and I'm sure that the Islanders looked at it as, "Hey, this guy didn't want to play for us anymore." We're gonna go and we're gonna try and do things. Now, some of yeah. you guys aren't weren't there last year and 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 probably won't be there after this year. But well, the, the funny thing is, is, speaking of their captain, who's also an unrestricted free agent, what's gonna happen when he leaves? Like the organization, look, uh, like the New York Islanders organization, they they gave the John. I didn't see the tribute video, but they did give him a tribute video, and and they the players the, were the one like they got up, all of them on the Isles bench. Yeah. They all got up, they all acknowledged John yeah. Tavares, they all banged the stick. Like this, they acknowledged look, what he did. for This them. wasn't going to what did, what did Leaf fans think yeah, was going to happen? Wasn't gonna did go you think well. this was going to be like the PK return to Montreal, where the fans are chanting his name for yeah. two minutes? Like here's the thing. No. Like the funny thing was, is some people compared it to Matt Sundin's return, where he got booed, but then they cheered him during the uh, the the tribute video, and it's like, oh well, the well the fans got it. Yeah, that was cool because the the circumstances in which he left were really fucking angering. Yeah. I don't want to be traded midway. I don't want to join a team midstream. I want to mm-hmm. be with the team the whole time. Then decides to sign as a free agent midstream after he'd basically retired already mm-hmm. with the Vancouver Canucks. But whatever. <laughs> so he got booed. And then fans showed their appreciation when yeah. the video was there. And then he got he ended up scoring the yeah. fucking shootout winner because, of course. And look, one day, probably in a few years, maybe eight years, whatever, the New York Islanders faithful will eventually embrace Tavares. Much like Raptors fans embraced Vince Carter. It'll happen eventually. People will remember the good times and yeah. how good he was for mm-hmm. them. And you know what? Like, there are people here that still hate Vince. There will be people that still hate him. But it's going to thaw after a yeah. while. So, I will make fun of the Islanders fans in that video, because that's embarrassing. One group of... one one. I, I'm going to make fun of a little bit of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Oh, we're about to get there. For not, like, just, you know, doing the old... Well, it's not so much their fault. So, what ended up happening after the booing and all this other stuff, is they decided that they wanted to... Uh, Adam Wilde, actually, was the one who came up with this idea of Tavares Day T.O., the hashtag, about let's just show him such a so much love that, you know, that he's, he's going to be so happy to be here. I mean, pretty sure he's already happy to be he here. He signed the seven-year deal. 
He's getting paid with 70 no one else, like but you he could have been in California. He chose to stay in cold ass Toronto. Yeah, to he loves. Home. He loved it. He loved it a lot. But again, I get that. Like Adam Wilde is very involved with Steve Dangle, and they do a lot of lease related stuff, so it makes perfect sense. And who owns Kiss? Rogers. Who owns a part of the Maple Leafs? It makes sense to do a little positive PR, right? It all makes sense. Do I now? Am I saying that Rogers? Am I saying that Rogers told him to do this? No, because it actually happened on the Steve Dangle podcast before that. Mm-hmm. They all kind of came up with the idea. So he starts this hashtag and it takes off, and then John Tory decides to make it to Varis Day in Toronto. Okay, I get it. It's corny. It's corny as fuck, but I get it. So fucking corny. I get it, right? And then the whole, like, there was, like, I don't know. You you try. You have a better way of explaining this than I do. How do I explain this? This is what it's like, okay? For you parents that are all for the participation award, and there's no such thing as first place, and everybody's a winner. Guess what? People get fucking booed. Do you know in the city of Boston, there's a captain that they have. His name is Adano Chara, okay? He has been mercifully booed at the Bell Center. Do you see the mayor of Boston claiming it Zidane Chara Day? Well, just no. Even closer to home, when Leafs fans used to go to Ottawa, they still go to Ottawa, and they still pack that barn more than Sens fans do. Because we've talked about it. I actually feel bad for Sens fans because that organization is such a tire fire. Yeah. But when they used to fill their barn and boo their captain in their own barn, in Daniel Alfredson, was there a, like now again? I get it. It's corny. But you know the mayor's going to do that. Corny. But you it's know the mayor's cheesy. Yeah, but you know the mayor's going to do that because that's a quick little, you know what I mean? A little bit of good pub for him. And you knew the team was going to do it. So you know what? I thought it was corny as hell. But then there were people that got like as angry at this as Leafs fans were getting about John Tavares being booed. And that just completely blew my fucking mind. You could have just, honestly, it could have like, been. I just thought it was corny. I thought it was funny. Like, if honestly, if Leaf fans would have taken it amongst themselves to cheer for Tavares every time he touched a puck, okay, yeah, cool. Everyone, Everyone's happy. Everyone walks away hunky-dory. No, 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 but even that, like, again, I say it's corny, but I get it. I, I'm talking about, like, the extreme hate towards it. Like, you just make fun of it. I'm making, I love right? making fun of it. It's funny. Like, I'll make fun of it because it was funny. But there were people that were like really actually angry about this. That this, sh- like, were, people were as angry about this as John Tavares getting booed. And what I would just like to say to all of you people that took this that seriously on both sides. Yeah. You might need a new hobby. I th- I th- <laughs> you take this one a little too seriously. Now, I'm a lunatic. I love my sports. I take them I take them very seriously to the point where I'd like to do this as a job one day. Yes. But I don't take them that seriously, people. It's a fan base Come paid on. money to boo. You're a fan base in Toronto that pays to cheer. Very simple. Like you for, pay every, the money. for everyone who's on the extremes of these arguments and isn't somewhere well, in the middle where it's multiple shades of gray and you can either like it or think it's kind of corny and make fun of it, but understand it like yeah. we do. Yeah. Or if you're on the other side, like I just said, that that fully embraces it. 
cool. But like the people that got so angry that a team is going to show one of their best players who's having his career best season for them some love and are just as angry that he got booed merciless. What is wrong with you? Look, this is all I have to say, okay? People pay between thousands of dollars and hundreds of dollars to go watch a game in this great country that is Canada. And they, there are many fan bases that it's very difficult to get season tickets, i.e. the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens. Oh, yeah. You have to die into these tickets. That yeah okay you, you, you someone die. in the family has to die and yeah. pass them on to you and then you have to have like members of your family not kill you for them exactly <laughs> okay if I am paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to a hockey game even just as a, a single twice a year thing and I'm up all the way in the four hundreds basically on the roof okay and I want to yell at somebody shoot the fucking puck <laughs> I can do that oh, I, I make, I if make I fun wanna, of those people but I don't tell them to stop if I want to somebody because they don't like because I don't like Sedano Chara. Guess what? I'm going to boo him. Deal with it, these butthurt fans. Okay, don't be upset and call the other fans disgusting because they didn't say fuck you, Tavares, for for three hours. See, for me, the asshole chants are funny. I understand that there's Kids, kids in the building, like you right? Pay like, for, you pay. You I know what it. you're getting into. Yeah, that's the thing. All like, right, you know what you're getting. That into. was exactly what I was about to say. Like, I I get it. I get it. You don't want your kids to be experienced. You know, when I first went to a hockey game and people said, you know, terrible words around me when I was like five or six years old, you know what happened? Don't repeat that. <laughs> well, no, I literally like sat there and was just like, it's not like I haven't heard these before. Exactly. You'll hear them one day, kid. Don't worry. My dad is also a construction worker. So he, yeah. my last name is Artabello. If you haven't put this together, so it's it's all it's all. So he's an Italian construction worker. Yeah, so it's all. So I heard hell. some things in multiple languages. <laughs> like it's come on, people. Come on, people. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. On to something else in the NHL. Oh, boy. It's more of a tire fire than this situation. Fucking not even a circus at this point. I don't know what it is. We got to find a new word for this. I, I, like there's, honestly, I need to find a new word to describe the Ottawa Senators. Because tire fire, like, I feel like I'm offending tire fires. I do. It's an insult to the tire fire. It is. Just real quick, because I guess there's not, there's not a whole ton to dig into here. The Ottawa Senators fired their coach. Why does that sound surprising? They're awful. They do this thing from time to time. But the reason that it's so out of the blue is Pierre Dorian came out and said Guy Boucher would be their coach until the end of the season. And now they can him with less than 20 games left. And Pierre Dorian had a very interesting press conference where he he made it very clear that this was his decision and he needed to sleep on it. And then he talked to the players and told them how it was unacceptable. Like, what the fuck? You think they're going to win any more games? Like, you traded away their best player. You traded away their best player. The best player in the franchise's history before the season started. Then you traded the best uh, three players on your team. Eh, Thomas Shabbat actually might be number two or three. Thomas Shabbat's the best player on the but you traded your, right now. You traded your three best forwards. Yeah. Your number one center, your franchise, the guy you should have resigned, gave the captaincy to. You're not going to be a cap team anyway, so you needed to pay somebody to get to the floor. Maybe you do that with 26-year-old Mark Stone. Maybe he takes the young ones along. 
shows them how to do it the right way. But no, you traded him too. Traded Ryan Dezingle. Traded Matt Duchesne. And then you got angry at the coach. You took his toys away and then got angry at him for losing? What? What's going on here? It's a disaster. It's a dumpster fire. It's an unmitigated... So this just, it just didn't make any sense to me. Nothing with Ottawa makes sense anymore. And the best part was is TSN and Sportsnet, they seem to agree on something. Because on both of these channels, when they were talking about what had just happened, they were talking to ex-general managers or guys that had been in front offices. And what both of these networks that don't agree on anything could agree on was this clearly came from ownership. That Eugene Melnick had had enough and essentially forced Pierre Dorian to fire Guy Boucher. This is like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Like, what are you doing? Like, Mark Crawford was the assistant coach. He's part of this, this, this whatever it is that you've built. Nothing's going to change with Mark Crawford and Guy Boucher gone. What are you going to put? You're not going to win any more games. And losing doesn't help you because, you know, you don't have your draft pick. Colorado's got that. They might be waving hi to Jack Hughes soon. No, they're going to be waving hi to Jack I just, like, what? Ottawa. Can you just get out of your way for five seconds? They can't. They, they honestly can't. And When does someone step in and force Eugene Melnick to sell this team? It's never going to happen until the NHL does something. Because, like, this is embarrassing. Yeah. We say this a lot around here. I start to start to. Are you not embarrassed? There's no shame. Is there no shame? Nothing. Not a not a modicum of decency, self reflection here. <laughs> look in the mirror. Yeah. Have a look in the mirror. Realize what's happening, Eugene. All right, Eugene. Maybe try and you know give off the presence of a functioning franchise. I don't know. I don't, is there anything else that you would like to say about this? Because other than the fact that this is just Ottawa being Ottawa, I don't know what else to say. You know, sometimes I don't say this very much, but I, I feel bad for some Sense fans. Yeah. But in a way, I really don't because it's fun to watch a team struggle. <laughs> okay. And it's and the issue is, is like, we're not the, – the city's not going to build an arena. It's kind of – it's it's been – Let's just say the the balloon has been popped on the arena, new arena in downtown Ottawa. Oh, that's officially done with. By the way, oh, the capital is. commission is no longer dealing yeah. with Melnick or his former partner because Melnick is a freaking lunatic. Yeah. And who are they going to bring in now? Are we going to let Mark Crawford coach the team next year? You're going to name him after you're going to take off the interim and make him head coach, or are you going to bring poor Tro- poor poor Troy Mann, who's the Belleville Senators coach? For what you want a, a crucifixion? How, how, what options are they going to have? Because they ain't going to pay who's gonna anybody. Come, who's going to come do? Who's going to come deal with this? Like, well, that's the thing. It, it's not some, only it's not only just coming to deal with this. It's coming to deal with this and dealing with the fact that you ain't going to get paid what you're worth. No. Like, are you coming here to do? Like, are you just like? Is Pierre Pierre Dorian just a fall guy at the end of the day? Pierre Dorian, I'm convinced, has a job because he does stuff like fire the coach because the owner says so. Like. Seriously, like I think that's why he has he's a job. Just the yes man, he, yeah. See, this is like the Dallas Cowboys without the success, without the playoff appearances, without anything. And for the Ottawa Senators, oh, it's it not is like so much like and like the Ottawa Senators. Just remember, this is a team 
that was one goal away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I mean one goal because they went to overtimes. Overtimes against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had a chance to to play for the Stanley Cup. And then one goal away. One goal away. And all of a sudden, one move had this giant domino effect that has affected the franchise. And they can't get out of their way. Poor Guy Boucher. His system just doesn't. It works you know what? for a year and two. And this year, he tried to open it up. He did. Yeah. Because he knew what he had. And <laughs> it was just like, well, fuck, I'll give it a shot. Got nothing to lose. Like, Matt Duchesne and these guys aren't going to play the trap. No. I might as well just give it a shot. Like, yeah. Try to let the horses out of the barn. And it still didn't work. Because no. the Ottawa Senators aren't a talented hockey team. They'd have no goaltending. Like, they have he Thomas. He was consistently sent in the battle with an arm tied behind his back. Sometimes a leg, and too. A, and a paper shield. Oh, with no it, sword. And at the point where he got fired, they basically just went, you know what, Guy? Here's a blindfold. Take off all your clothes and just wander out there into the battlefield. Nothing mm. bad will happen. It'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like, this Here, is like, where's this, this yellow paint? Yeah, they stripped him of anything that could help him. And now they're fucked. Yep. And now, now what are you, Drake Batherson's going to come save the day on a white stallion? Mm. No. Nope. Thomas Shabbat's going to leave in seven years anyway, so it's, or they're going to trade him, so it's not going to fucking matter. They'll fuck it up somehow. They, like they got no goaltenders, they got no goalie prospects. Like what? My con? They're going to do the job? You're going to try and you're going to yeah, try and go right. down that tree again? You're going to go for some Swedish goalie that you've already tried, Robin Leonard, who's you, actually having his who's having a bounce back year, but it, it, you know both goalies are having a pretty good decency. How about, how about Ben? Think, how about Ben Bishop would have would have would have been pretty good. But one they for done. one for Corey Connick. Okay. Remember that. It, the list goes on. You have no Eric Carlson. You have nothing to show for it. You think that we we mentioned a lot. You think uh, what was the guy they got? Brandstrom. Brandstrom. You think Brandstrom's going to change? He's a defenseman. You have Thomas Shabbat. Guess what? You need forwards. You need centers. You need goaltenders. You traded away Mark Stone. You, you traded a guy that actually that that Keith Kachuk. Well, no, and, and the thing is, Stone wanted to be there. Yeah, and you tried to shortchange him because you didn't want to give him the turn, like. You're not a cap team. You don't even have money to make it to the floor. Seriously, giving Mark Stone ten million dollars wasn't going to affect could have given anything. Him fucking eleven. You could have made him. Could have made him an eleven and a half million dollar player. Would anybody have looked at you crazy? A little bit. But eleven and a half. It would have looked at him real crazy. But then they would have been like, "Well, it doesn't really matter because we're a cap. We're not years, a cap." Eight years, nine and a half. You're telling me. You're telling me eight years, nine and a half wasn't even on the table in Ottawa. I don't believe it was. Neither do I, because I think that they wanted to sign him to a four or five, maybe a six year. Here's a three. Here's a, a three year, year deal. deal at seven and a half. I think they were gonna pay him, yeah. but I think it was gonna like ten million bucks a year. But I think it was for like four or five years, because that was the report. Mm-hmm. And he wanted long term stability, and I don't blame him because in this game, guess what? Um, most you guys take it when you can get. It. If you someone hands you an eight year contract, you jump. We talked on about now. this, yeah. Like so, I don't. So I just. Now, real quick before we get to the NL West, there was the NFL scouting combine. I'm sure you've all seen the pictures and seen DK Metcalf, and that's a that is a large mammal. And he runs fast. He is a fast fuck. All that right. boy just made himself a good pile of money. Oh, he's he went from we've talked. He about was about some. a top ten pick to like he's a top five pick now, maybe. Yeah, and potential, you know. Target for one New York football Jets mm-hmm. because for them they're going to need a receiver for one 
Samuel Richard Darnold. Just love those middle names. And there's been talks <laughs> that they're going to be the team that goes and pays Fat Bell there. He's Lev, not, Bell? Lev Bell, Fat Bell, Bell. He's a little out of shape. He's a little round, a little robust. Had, you know, he's, he's had a few Happy Meals since uh, since he's had an off year, so he's working off all those Happy Meals. But they have been the team to supposedly have have been showing interest towards him. Yep, and it would make a little bit of sense since they don't draft anything really well. So hey, we can pair a running back with a monstrous wide receiver who is just ginormous, and they ran him and Julio's tapes together, and it's scary. How much bigger he is than Julio. Yeah. And Julio was a physical freak. Yeah. So, Oh, by the way, so Metcalf, like, not only is he massive and ridiculous on the bench press and ran a 4-3-3, he also had a 40-plus-inch vertical. Yeah. Now, the most important thing, though, because we talked about this a lot, it's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was measured... We were talking about, like, this might be a 5'9", like, this short as 5'7". Like, this guy's tiny. He measured it in exactly 5'10". And uh, he's and so goddamn lucky. <laughs> he had one of those. Apparently, there's a massage to make you taller. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. It, it, it Essentially, it doesn't... It stretches What I'm saying is, it, yeah, exactly. It stretches out your vertebrae enough. I think you can gain, what is it, like half an inch to an inch? It's something It's something like that. Hey, when you're 5'9 and a half... You'll take that half inch. Hey, if he was five eight and a half and got up to five ten, that that I, actually probably that, made him like yeah. ten million dollars. And apparently, if you sleep, and you you're tallest when you first wake up in the morning. Oh yeah, because gravity. So I wonder if they like rolled him in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> they got a, called an ambulance, so he never had to actually physically stand <laughs> until he walked. You know what's the funny? Stadium. He probably just showed up for that too because he didn't do any of these drills. <laughs> no, he's not, and he's not competing. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna wait for my pro. He literally just and, rolled in, got measured, yeah. and bailed. Yeah, like. A lot of these guys are like, some are using the combine to their advantage, and some are using it to. Oh, he's using it to his advantage because yeah, it's the mystery. Because why? Why if if you know you're not good at something, we, I made fun of Orlando Brown had a good rookie season with the Ravens, but he went from being a top ten pick to a late first round pick because he was a disaster in the forty. He's an offensive lineman, and that's how bad it was. He wasn't expected to run a good forty, but he was. So so bad that he started to drop and then couldn't do any, I think he did like three on the bench press. But he was a phenomenal player. The tape showed he was good and he ended up doing well. He just didn't test well. Yeah. But you would have thought his agent would have been smart enough to tell him not to do those things. Kyler Murray's agent, I joked about this multiple times now. About this being about the paycheck. And I and again, he could love football. I don't want to take that away from him. Because this this actually could be. When playing that year at Oklahoma, he could have just realized, like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? This is very possible. But the way he's maneuvering this is he's going to get the biggest payday physically possible between the two sports. Mm-hmm. This kid's smart. I also brought up, told you a couple podcasts ago, that his dad tried to do this, got stopped by the system. His family seems to know what they're doing here. They have an idea. Okay. This is interesting. It's very interesting to me how this is playing out. I'm a um, <laughs> the the Arizona Cardinals could be fucking with everybody because uh, Cliff Kingsbury has said that he he that was he before was, he took the job before too. he took the job. Then you know if he was to take would him be, number one, take him number one. And now that he's on a team with the number one pick, you know, there's a lot of things. And then there's another team that we've mentioned called the Oakland Raiders, who happen to have a number four pick. 
who could be interested and use some of those picks that they have to go up and get him at a certain pick because you know that there's going to be a team just saying, yeah, we're going to take him. Fuck it, we'll take him. We'll, we'll groom him. We'll do whatever we can. We don't care. And they're going to fool John Gruden. And then you're going to get all the shit. Mm-hmm. All the fucking shit. And it's, I don't know if he's worth it. I don't even know if there's a quarterback in this draft I really would really want to fucking have. Uh-huh. I'd rather suck another year and at least I have a chance at Tua or suck for another two years and build around my team and then have my team assembled, ready to go. And all I have to do is plop in a guy with long hair. Touchdown Jesus. Touchdown Jesus, baby. Sunshine. Sunshine. Or, for those uninformed, Trevor Lawrence. So lots of things. Now, cap this off with our preview of the NL West. Yes! It's one of the actually most fun divisions to watch. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, it's been pretty phenomenal with the D-backs surprise kind of rise to fame. And the Rockies have been really good. Made back-to-back playoffs for mm-hmm. the first time in their franchise history. And, of course, the Dodgers going to back-to-back World Series. Mm-hmm. We haven't actually even shared picks yet, but I'm just going to assume we both have the Dodgers at the top here. Yes. The reason, I'm guessing, we both have the Dodgers at the top here is because uh, they are the best team by quite a large portion in this division. Like a step and a half. And they keep getting better. Yeah, they keep out. And, and, and don't forget who they're getting back this year. Corey, Corey Seager. Now, interestingly enough... Clayton Kershaw might not start the season. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. He missed big chunks the last season. Team was okay. Mm-hmm. Because that offense, that defense, and the rest of that pitching staff is very good. And they still have... Pro- now, they've blown some of the prospects in their years of competing mm-hmm. by acquiring people. Yep. But the ones they kept are still really good, like Alex Verdugo. They didn't trade Walker Bueller, and you saw him grow into a true... not. Not like just a number one pitcher. Walker Bueller down the stretch. And in the playoffs, most importantly, looked like a true ace. Now, every team's got a number one starter. But they don't have an ace. Exactly. And the stuff that that kid has at that age, the fact that he can throw near 100 and has wipeout off-speed stuff and has control of that stuff. This Dodgers team is scary. And like I said, you got Verdugo on the come. There's another outfielder. You got catch now, and then the thing is at lower levels, you got Kyber Ruiz is a really interesting catcher that could come up. I know that Yasmani Grandal is not there anymore, but you probably get a little bit more Austin Barnes. We had a bit of a down year last year, but he didn't also get a lot of chance. Max Muncie. I mean, Chris Taylor was the guy who everyone two years ago was like, can he do it again last year? And he did. And he played shortstop last year. Mm-hmm. Still have Coley Bellinger. Exactly. And he looks like an outfielder. By the end of the year, you took a first baseman and he was your best center fielder. Yeah. Jock Peterson moving into a corner has clearly been very good for him. And platooning him only against righties has been good for him. You've signed A.J. Pollock. I actually like that deal a lot for them. Justin Turner's healthy. And the thing is, too, like, at the start of the season, if last year, if you would have said... Clayton Kershaw might not start the season, could miss. That might be a, like, shit, panic move. But, oh, huge. But now you can kind of hand the ball to, here, Walker, go take it. And then we'll just, we'll survive until. Alex Wood, when he's healthy, mm-hmm. has been great for them. 
Yeah, and then, you know, they and, just keep passing on. Same thing with Rich Hill. When he's been healthy, because he's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. When he's been healthy, he's been good. Like they have a lot of guys. And the thing is, they have a lot of guys that oh, when they're healthy, they're good. But they have so many of them. Yeah, that there's always another one gets hurt. Cool, this guy just came off cool, the DL. We have this guy, you know we, what I mean? We add a bunch of guys. That's, Someone got hurt. Cool, let's bring this prospect yeah. up. <laughs> it's the, this is essentially I joked around about it because this is the Rays front office. This is what happens if the Rays had money. <laughs> this yep. is exactly it. Exactly We're happened. seeing it. Um, I'm in agreement here that the Dodgers are going to be the first place team, win the division again for the, what, I think, how many years in a row now they've won this division? That's actually a great question. Like, they've been. The Giants were the last one to win it without them, yeah. I think. You have to go back a little while. Just looking at this, because it would have been. Uh, I don't even think it was the last time the Giants won the World Series, too. I think it was one of the years they didn't win the World Series. Maybe. But yeah, but it's basically been the Dodgers division. I want to say it's been five years that the Dodgers have won it straight. I want to say it's been five years. But this is the Dodgers division again. Again, far and away, I can't see anybody really top. The the, the Rockies are close. Don't get me wrong. The Rockies are are a team that you can't you can't sleep on. But the Rockies have issues of their own. Now I have them as second. I'm assuming based on that little that you have them as number two as well. You would be correct, sir. Five years, five straight years that they had won. Oh. I thought that you would be oh. correct. I thought you would look that up and were giving me the... No, no. So, yeah. So, you six. also have the Rockies. By the way, six, six years. Okay. So, last year was year number six. Yep. Okay. So, it was close. So, the Rockies I have is number two. Mm-hmm. We've talked at long... Uh, like, just tons of time about how good Nolan Arenado is. <laughs> you still have Trevor Story there. <laughs> Who took the step last year that everyone thought after the rookie season he would take. Clearly played off that sophomore slump. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to be careful. An elbow injury for a shortstop when a lot of shortstops have been having Tommy John. He had that late last year. However, he then he went into the playoffs and tore it up. Yeah. So And they still have they still have Charlie Blackman. You know He's uh, probably gonna move into a corner this year finally to, to, to take advantage of the fact that he's an okay center fielder, but mm-hmm. he's a great bat. So now you're gonna move yeah. him into a corner. Ian Desmond still I don't know what you're gonna do with that because he's been a mess. He's actually gonna play center field. Now the funny thing is is this is a guy who was a shortstop. And then his best season was actually in center field with the Rangers before he got this huge contract where he was supposed to go to first base with the Rockies. The ball travels far, of course. I just don't, after two years of him being a course and not being good, I don't think year three is going to be very good. And then pitching-wise. Now, this is where it's interesting because you had a lot of kids last year mm-hmm. take steps. Yeah. Kyle Freeland was their ace, started that winner uh do or die playoff game for them they lost but it wasn't kyle freeland's fault no he did his job he did he he's he set a record for he he broke a record from the 1800 the late 1800s for someone his age having the type of start he did in a playoff game john gray that's the thing you got john gray you've got herman marquez Mm -hmm. Antonio Senzatella's in there somewhere. He might be a swing guy because he did last uh, his rookie season. He was a starter mm-hmm. last year. He was a kind of a utility. He was a, a swingman. Yeah, made some spot starts. Went to the bullpen when you needed him. Did a lot of stuff. Now the Rockies have spent tons of money on their bullpen, but those guys weren't the good ones. Mm-hmm. But every year they seem to find guys. Scott Oberg was ridiculous for them last year. Oh, and by the way. Oh, just Adam Odovino. I almost forgot his name there. Adam Odovino finally came back healthy and was lights out last year. So you've also paid a lot of money to Jake McGee. You'd hope he can bounce back. 
But there's there's enough holes there that I can't see them coming close to the Dodgers. If everything goes right for them, you know what I mean? Well, Adam Freeland continues. Adam Ovino won't be there. He's yeah. a Yankee. I know. No, no, but those like these. Those, those, are, those are the guys that we're doing. But well, that's the thing. Right? They're going to need a lot. Like, like you're going to need to hopefully have your high price relievers bounce back. You're going to hopefully need to find guys like Odovino and Oberg again. Redo it again. Exactly. And I don't know if that's going to happen. You're going to need to hope the Story stays healthy. Arenado is always healthy. So barring some craziness, you got him locking down third base. You don't have DJ LeMahieu anymore, who's also a Yankee. Mm-hmm. But you have very promising prospects in Garrett Hampson. I'm trying to remember the other infield prospect they had. Oh, it's oh God, he's one of the best. Actually, Brendan Rodgers. He's a shortstop prospect. He's one of the best hitters in the minors. He's also going to be trying to win second base. Mm-hmm. But there's enough holes there, and it's Colorado, and we've seen what that usually does to pitching. So I think they're a pretty safe bet for second. Yes, I'd agree. Now third, I don't know if we have the same team here. But they recently acquired third baseman. So we do. We do have the same. So number three, I see, is the San Diego Padres. I have a feeling the rest of this is exactly set as well. Probably. But the San Diego Padres has three. Yeah, I agree with that. They're a very exciting young team. They've just added Manny Machado. Fernando Tatis Jr. Probably going to play at some point this year. Probably closer to the as end long of the year. As, the, as long as the franchise doesn't view him as a not ready for the MLB. See, the thing is, he is that good, though, so there's a chance. Now, the only thing is if they somehow get themselves into a playoff situation, yeah. that's the only time teams go, okay, fuck it, because like we're, we're, we might we're, make the playoffs. We're, we're here. We have right? a chance. Like we, we don't want Stra- Steven Strasburg. Exactly. But they also have Julio Urias, mm-hmm. an elite shortstop prospect who's going to move to second base for them. You've got Eric Hosmer. Who was your record signing before Manny Machado? Yes. You got Austin Hedges and for, uh, Francisco Mejia at catcher. Very talented. Uh, Hedges is more of a defense guy because he can barely hit. But Mejia has a lot of potential as an offensive catcher. And then your outfield is full of a bunch of just ridiculously toolsy players and you need them to figure it out. Yeah. Now, Will Myers, you know what he is. He might hit 30. He might be a 30-30 guy. He might hit you 30 dingers if he can stay healthy and steal you 30 bases. Pretty solid. Manuel Margot, great defensively, lots of speed. Needs to be better on the base pass. Needs to work a walk here mm-hmm. and there. But that's a guy that can figure it out. That's a former top prospect. Fran Mel Reyes, this boy is built like he's Aaron Judge. He hits the ball as hard. He doesn't play defense as well. But you know what I mean? You Hunter Renfro, you have guys and you have prospects. And the most interesting thing, you don't have much pitching. But you have such a wave of young pitchers coming that are on the cusp. Yeah. Chris Paddock, who is the same, he's a he essentially he's right-handed, but he has the same walk to strikeout numbers that Clayton Kershaw had in the minors. Yeah. Like you have some guy, Luis Patino, you have lots of guys. So they're gonna be if you're up late, you want some fun 10 p.m. games, they're gonna be a really fun team to watch. They're gonna lose plenty of games. That's why we got them third. Don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. They probably not. My God, is this team going to be fun to watch? You're watching the future, and that and that's what I was going to get to is that for Padres fans, for people who are going to be baseball fans and watching the Padres, this is a what's to come. You might be looking at because all these guys are going to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
the best infield in the majors for the next three, you, four, you five years. You could be years. looking at the NL equivalent of the Houston Astros. Oh yeah, with that oh, with that scary yeah. infield that they have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this has the potential that you can we could be seeing the start of something special. Is this year the year? No. That was, and that's the reason why Manny Machado just didn't sign to just sign in San Diego. He signed because of the prospects of what is to come, and that he would be the fun in two to three seasons. He is technically the final piece that was all to bring it together once all these guys made it to the majors. And if you want a clue that Manny Machado has actually bought into this. Remember when he said he was a shortstop now? Manny Machado's playing third base. Yes. And he said it in his press conference. It's because he knows Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming. Mm-hmm. If you can get him to buy in, like now granted, you gave him $300 million, so he better do yeah, you tell me, <laughs> He better if, play ball. <laughs> if you tell me for, for 10 seasons, hey, $300 million, you got to shovel shit. Yeah, we had a conversation. Where's the shovel? Where's the shovel? Where's I'll the go, pile? Let's go. Yeah, I'll be smart enough to invest some of that money to buy a mask so I don't smell that shit, and I will shovel that shit eight hours a day for five days a week. Happily. Happily. No fucking caution. So he, Manny, like, granted, but the difference is he could have said, no, I'm a shortstop. Now it would have cost him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It would have been. But he bought in. He's going to play third base. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be interesting as hell. I can't wait to see them. Now the team below them, who is, I think we can agree on this one. Is it the San Francisco Giants that you have here? Yes. Okay. Because I, I think we have the same team. The only reason, last. the only reason I'm having the San Francisco Giants is that they're going to play hard for Bruce Bochy. Well, one more time, the old his, ball club. It's his final season. Yes. Madison Bumgarner hopefully doesn't crash his dirt bike and miss half the season, right? But they're getting older. This is why we have them in fourth. Buster Posey just had very major hip surgery. He is a catcher. His hips are kind of important when he spends most of his time on the field in a crouch. Brandon Belt. Excellent on-base guy. Didn't live up to what everyone thought he would be. Still very good, above-average first baseman, but he's getting older, and the injuries now... They're catching up with him, too. Now, granted, last season was actually his healthiest season. This is a guy who's now in his 30s. I believe he just turned 30. You can't expect him to stay healthy forever. Joe Panic. We've seen what injuries have done to Joe Panic. He's hurt every single year. He went from a gold glove guy who hit over 300 to a guy whose defensive numbers have really fallen off a cliff and hasn't been able to hit very well. Mm-hmm. Brandon Crawford, still an excellent defender. but he, His bat never caught up with the glove. And there was a there was there was a couple moments there where it looked like it was coming, and he signed a huge contract. They won World Series, but it never did. And Evan Longoria is getting older. He had that crazy bounce back. He hit thirty dingers two years ago, and last year he went back to the declining third baseman that the Rays had. His defense is still excellent, but the bat isn't there anymore. And then you go into the outfield, and that's where it's an absolute mess for the Giants. Hunter Pence isn't there anymore. Andrew McCutcheon isn't even there anymore. Like, it's Steven Duggar, a prospect in center, and a bunch of guys named who, because the corner outfields are wide open yeah. in position battles. Oh, it's um, it, They'll compete 
And I think that some of these older guys will will, will play hard for Bruce Bochy because it is his last season and they yep. don't want to embarrass him, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're pros. And he's done so much for that team. Yeah. And those guys and a lot of those guys are so close with him. They've won together, mm-hmm. right? Like it But this team just doesn't have anything. There's there's really nothing in this the pitching is, staff beyond Baumgartner. Who you got? Jeff Samarja. And I just I like love saying, the shark. I love the shark. And I just shark, love saying Samarja because it sounds like margarine. <laughs> and I love margarine. It's I, delicious. I love brother. the shark. It's a delivered food. I, honest to God, still remember him catching passes from Brady Quinn at Notre Dame playing football because I remember watching that on Saturdays when I was little. Yeah. I love the shark. He's gotten old. There. Mark Melanson, he got old before he showed up. He, he signed a huge deal with he them. Old. He was old when he arrived. And his arm fell apart. Yep. And who else in that bullpen? You you afraid of Derek Law? Oh God. And who's the and Hunter Strickland throwing punches at Bryce Hart? Like Hunter Strickland. You know what I mean? Hunter Strickland two years ago looked phenomenal. Hunter Strickland this year before he lost his mind and broke his hand. Yeah. Looked phenomenal. And then he did something mm-hmm. stupid again. So maybe Hunter Strickland puts it together. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna hold my breath. I'm not holding my breath on this team. It's it's they got the they look they got the World Series exactly. And, They've won their titles mm-hmm. and they signed the core. And th- this is the back end. This is this is what you got to pay these guys out as they get older. You've passed your prime, but you you're gonna remember those rings. So and Giants you know, fans, you got some, you got some dark times coming. But you know what else you got, Giants fan? The best catching prospect since Buster Posey, who you drafted second overall, who his comparable is a Buster Posey in Joey Bart. So in a couple years, maybe even sooner, you might have some stuff to cheer for again. Might be sooner rather than later. I think Bart Bart's actually he's so advanced that some people think he's going to be in the big leagues at some point next year. Not this season because he literally just got drafted last year. No, that's why. It's, it's, but he's doing stuff even. In, Bruce Bochy was talking about him because he's in Major League Camp, which does not happen with guys who were drafted mm-hmm. the year before. And Bochy's essentially saying, like, he can't believe the stuff that this kid can do. So Giants fans, be super happy that Joey Bart's coming. Other than that, you're gonna have some few. You're gonna have a few high picks for the next couple of years. But you won't have to worry about dark times because there's another team who's in fifth. Oh, in fifth. oh I know dark times. We're about to have some. Oh, I know hard times. I know dark days. Okay, they are coming through dark days, hard times. They finally climbed themselves out of irrelevancy, and they were fun. And they signed, they signed Zach Greinke, and they had America's first baseman, the most underrated star in the big leagues, and in Paul Goldschmidt, and you had AJ Pollock, and those guys are gone. Granky's still there because they can't get rid of him because they paid him all of literally all of the money. They traded Goldschmidt away. They've traded Pollock away. And they're beginning the rebuild. The Arizona Diamondbacks are. And they don't really have much coming. John DePlantier seems like a really good pitcher. He's their top prospect. He's 27 years old. Jazz Chisholm, the shortstop. Hey, a lot of tools. People don't know if he can hit. They got a long way to go, Arizona does. They made it fun. They had some guys. They made the playoffs. They gave some they gave some people some scares. 
But Ange, is there anyone on this team that scares you at all? Anyone? I mean, Zach Greinke, maybe. Maybe. May- well, Zach Greinke. That's about it. Who Robbie, is Robbie. 35 years old? Yeah. Robbie Ray doesn't. Nope. Luke Weaver doesn't. Nope. Uh, Carson Kelly, who they also got as part of that trade for Paul Goldschmidt, he doesn't scare Wilmer me. Wilmer Flores? Not even close. Maybe Jake Lamb. Mind Jake Lamb. Two years ago, he was fine. Did you see what he did last year? Mm, not a lot. Exactly. Eh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking at straws here, Stephen. Yeah. No, but that's, that's, <laughs> there's, that's there's not there's actually not a lot on this. And team. this and, is why we have them and, rated. And they're going to be fifth, and they're going to be one of the, I honestly think probably one of the worst teams in baseball. Yep. There's only going to be one team worse than them, and uh, they're in the NL East. The AL East, you mean? No, no, no. I'm talking about oh, the Marlins, the Miami Marlins. Oh, I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles. <sighs> I, I give the Orioles credit because they at least oh, have Dylan tr- Bundy. The trash birds are bad. They have Dylan Bundy. Save Dylan Bundy. I'm on. Yeah, you know what? Sa- Joe, seriously, save Dylan Bundy. I just saw the hashtag, save Dylan Bundy, and see if that catches on like John Tavares Day. <laughs> Try to in Toronto or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks aren't, aren't a very good baseball team. Zach Granke will win them probably 15 games. Because I even think that's. And, I, and, I'm being, and I'm being generous. That's real generous. I'm in a generous mood today. That's real generous, okay? sir. Because it's Monday and I'm not tired. I'm, I'm, I'm not sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah, there's. Um, not a lot here with this time of backs team. No, so it's gonna be a long season in the desert. That's cool. You got like what seventeen different jerseys. Keep yourself entertained. <laughs> yourself entertained. Hey, I don't mind the jerseys. Jerseys are cool. Some of them. Some of them, some of them are really bad. Some like them, you know what they need to go back to. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. The, the black. I have you. I have the Randy Johnson one. Yeah, the black with the the teal and purple. Just a little bit of teal. Now they got jerseys with way too much teal. Yeah. Entirely teal. too much teal. Thought, I want to know who thought teal was and like good the enough. weird gradient stuff that they. I don't know what's going on. Teal shouldn't be the predominant color no. in your jersey, unless that's the Seattle Mariners jersey, like that one, the, the Griffey one. Oh yeah, that's okay. fire. That's that's yeah. But like that's a specific. It's very specific. And maybe the San Jose Sharks because the teal they done yeah, is okay. Right. They're good. But the Arizona that makes me think about teal. That. There's a two teams. Ugly. There's two teams. Yeah, there's two teams. They did it right. And Arizona, you aren't the team. Don't try and reinvent the wheel with the Yeah, exactly. It's over. It's over for you guys. It's done. What are you going to do? And speaking of over, that's it for us. This has been the Last Word Podcast. I'm Steve Artubello. I am Angela Lippa. And until next time, see ya. Take care. I'm going to crash the biz. Then I'm going to cop the race next. I just want the top. Then it's back to where she's